Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've been doing a study in the Gospel of Matthew, and we've been in this awesome, powerful, important section known as the Sermon on the Mount. In my opinion, this is the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached. It's powerful. It's awesome. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we talked about it. Jesus is talking about kingdom living. He's talking about the character of those who are living in the kingdom. Jesus is describing essential qualities of those who have chosen to follow him in the kingdom. And then last week, if you were here, Jesus told us that if we are going to be, listen, if we are going to be kingdom people, we cannot have two masters two visions, or two treasures, if we're going to be kingdom people. We study quite a bit in verse 19 of chapter 6 in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus says there in chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus says, Do not lay up treasures for yourself. We talked about this on earth. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus told us, don't lay up treasures on earth. But lay up treasures in heaven. Now, listen. Last week after each service, someone came up to me and they said, Pastor Rodney, I got to tell you, that was an awesome sermon. Awesome. I said, yes, my child, tell me more. (laughs) And they said, but. And I thought, oh, no, here comes. Because, you know, when people say but, you know what I mean? Watch out. You know, that was an awesome sermon, but they said, you didn't tell us how can we lay up treasures in heaven. Pastor, you didn't tell us how. Well, first service went by, same comment. Second, third, same comment. And then even this week, a brother came up to me and said, great sermon, Pastor. I said, yes, tell me more. They said, but... You didn't tell us how to lay up treasures in heaven. How does this work out practically? How does it flesh out, if you will? How do we make deposits on earth that will yield great dividends in heaven? They asked. I said, well, got to thinking about it this week. I think the answer is pretty easy. You got to keep the context here. Now, remember, when you study the Bible, it is very important that you keep the context. 
This is why there's so much weird stuff out there that people are saying about God and about the Bible because they don't keep the context. If you take things out of context, you can make the Bible say anything you want. I could show you a verse in the Bible that says that Judas went out and hung himself. And then I could show you another verse that says, now go do ye likewise. Are we to all go and hang ourselves? No. So you got to keep the context. Now, in the context, look in your Bibles in verse 2. Jesus said, when you give your money, don't be like the hypocrites. And in verse 5, Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who publicly and ritualistically and religiously pray so that people will look at them and think, oh, you're so spiritual because you pray. And then in verse 16, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites, mask wearers, two-faced, who do it to be seen of men and not because of spiritual, eternal reasons. Jesus says, don't do that. And then he goes on, note in your Bibles, in verse 19, he goes on to say, and when you give or don't lay up treasures, he's talking about storing up treasures in heaven. Now, I believe the context is clear. Jesus is saying the way you make deposits on earth that will yield great dividends in heaven is found in giving, praying and fasting. In other words, you can store up treasures by investing in eternal things. Now, there's only two things I know that are eternal. One, the word of God. Two, the people of God. The word of God is eternal and the people of God are eternal. The word of God endures forever. And since God's word endures forever, when you give your money to ministries that believe the Bible, to ministries that teach the Bible, to churches that are feeding the people and giving the people the word of God so that people will grow, this is one way to store up treasures in heaven. Because God's word is eternal. God's word endures forever. And so this is one way to store up treasures in heaven. I was watching the, um, the I, I, I don't know what else to call it. I keep calling it the Jerry Lewis-a-thon. But, but it's, the, uh, it's the MDA. Is that right? The M- Muscular Dystrophy Association. There you go. So you guys know. And I'm watching it, and, and people are calling in. And they're raising millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I'm like, that's good. That's great. That's awesome. I think it's good to help. I think it's good to contribute and be a blessing to other people and make a difference with what God has given you. But understand something. That is not necessarily storing up treasures in heaven. Remember, we're talking about heaven. We're talking about eternal things. So when you give financially and you invest in the lives of people, 
When you give your tithes and your offerings here to Calvary Chapel, that enables us pastors and us staff people to be able to do the ministry, to have the time to study the word, to have the time to prepare sermons and prepare the church, pay the light bill, pay the building bill, you know, do all of these things. That enables us to to teach the word of God, to feed the people of God, and thus it is you who is storing up treasures, as well as us, is storing up treasures in heaven because we're taking the word of God and putting it into the hearts of people. We talked about some weeks ago about an anonymous donor who contributed anonymously matching funds. And we talked about as the church matches those funds toward the building fund, dollars will be contributed anonymously. I have no idea who this person is to Calvary Chapel. Now, why do we need a building? Well, I think it's obvious if you come to any service here at Calvary, it is obvious why we need a bigger building. I was looking at the parking lot today, this field where right here that's empty with all the weeds. You guys are parking in the weeds. You realize that? You're parking out there on, on a lot. We, we need more space, not because we tr- we're trying to be a bigger church, not because we're trying to be cool and hip and, you know, have a big church, but because we need it. Because it's something that we need. Why? So more people can come into the house of the Lord to hear the word of God. And they are blessed and we are blessed. And we're storing up treasures in the kingdom of God. So a practical way to lay treasures up in heaven is to give financially to the kingdom of God to get the word out to people. I love what Jim Elliott said. He said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I love that. And not only does the word of God last forever, but the people of God last forever. First John chapter two, verse 17, the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. You see, when you pray and you're not praying to be seen of men, But of God, you're storing up treasures in heaven. When you fast for spiritual reasons, your father who is in the secret place, sees in secret, will reward you openly. You're storing up treasures in heaven. And when the characteristics that are described in the Beatitudes, we talked about the Beatitudes in chapter 5. When those characteristics that are described there in chapter 5 are true in your life, You're being merciful, you're being meek, you're suffering for righteousness sake, you're doing what the Beatitudes say, and these things are are true and characteristic in your life. You're laying up treasures in heaven, you're storing up treasures in heaven. When you serve in the children's ministry, when you help out with VBS or Fall Fest or all of the people who helped out with Give a Kid a Chance, you just sent the deposit to heaven. When you open up your home for home fellowship and all these people come to your house and you sit around and you teach the Bible or somebody else teaches the Bible to people and people walk away from your house loving Jesus. You're storing up treasures in heaven. Not only are you storing up treasures in heaven, but you bring peace on your home. Oh, you should say amen. Isn't that true? You bring peace in your home. Peace in your home. That's big. Peace in your home. Storing up treasures. You see? Someone once said storing up treasures in heaven means in its doing 
All our temporal activities should aim toward eternal consequences. What's that mean, Rodney? Everything you do down here should result in consequences up there. Blessings. Always seek to be a blessing. Always seek to be a blessing. Everything you do, say, God, I'm doing it for you. Lord, when I pray, I'm praying because of you, Lord. Lord, when I fast, it's because of you. And Lord, when I write my check, it's because of you, because I love you, because I worship you. Lord, I wish I had more to give because I do that too. And that's the heart that God's looking for as you store up treasures in heaven. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast, you're sending it up. You're sending it up. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. Amen? That's how you do it. It's practical. Well, Jesus goes on here in verses 25 through 34. He moves on to talk about something we all love to do, and that's what? Oh, looks like you guys read ahead, huh? Or you love to do it. Is that right? Jesus talks about something we all love to do. Worry. Jesus says, don't have anxiety over material things because they keep you from trusting the Lord. Let's check it out. Look at verse 19 or verse 25. Sorry about that. Uh, Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Saints, if you're there, say a hearty amen. amen. Therefore, Jesus says, I say to you, do not worry. I say to you, put your name there. Jesus says, I say to you, put your name there. My name's all over this chapter. (laughs) I say to you, do not worry, underline that, about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, take a lesson from the birds. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one year to your life? As a matter of fact, you can take away some years from your life. So why do you worry about clothing? Well, look at the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, underline that, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. Man, when I read this on Friday, it blew me away. I I, I couldn't believe it. I've read this chapter I don't know how many times. We've all read this part of Matthew. We've all read it and heard it and heard sermons taught about it. And when I read this chapter and read these verses on Friday, I was blown away because see, notice the Lord is saying for all these things, the Gentiles seek. In other words, what God is saying is that when you worry and when you allow yourself to get to the place of anxiety, that is the time, that is the moment in which you are acting most like a heathen. 
That's when you're really acting like a pagan. When you're worried. Why? Because the pagans, the heathens, well, they don't have a heavenly father to look to. The birds of the air, they don't have a heavenly father to look to. The lilies of the field, they don't have a heavenly father to look to. But you have a heavenly father. For your heavenly father, in verse 32, he knows that you need all these things. But in verse 33, read it with me, saints. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, underline it, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. No need to worry about tomorrow. No need to worry about tomorrow. You know, if you have to worry, the scriptures is clear. Then worry about today. If you just have to worry because you really enjoy it. And something inside of you says, I just want to worry. I love being a worry wart. You know, they got the A personality and the B personality. And then a personality I told you about. It's called the worry wart personality. You just love it. You're not happy unless you're doing it. Well, the Bible says then, then worry about the day. And don't worry about tomorrow. You know, the statistics and, and they say, you know, you always wonder who, who these they are. You know, they say um, that some high percentage, 98.9 whatever percent of the things that we worry about, 90 some odd percent of the things that we worry about never happen. Isn't that the truth? And we worry and we worry and we worry and we worry and... It never happens. And Jesus says, look, if you're going to worry, don't worry about tomorrow. You might not even live tomorrow. Don't worry about next week, next month, next year. Well, I don't know what we're going to do next year for finances. Thank the Lord you have food today. Don't worry about tomorrow. If you got to worry, sufficient for the day is as evil thereof, the King James says. In other words, just take it one day at a time. Just worry about today. If you absolutely must worry, Jesus says, don't worry. People of God, don't worry. No need. Now, I read you this some time ago, and I thought I'd read it to you again because um, I, I enjoyed it. It's not read it to you before, but you, you'll enjoy it again. Um, these are actual, what I'm going to read to you, are, are actual mistakes that are recorded in church bulletins. You know, the announcement section, actual mistakes that are recorded in church bulletins. For example, here's one of them. Remember the many who are sick of our church and community. Here's another. Thursday night, prayer and potluck and medication to follow. A bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. It's true. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, What is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> I'm not making these up. And then finally, finally, 
Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. That was a little too close to home there. Don't let worry kill you, Jesus said. Notice in your text here, Jesus says three times, don't worry in verse 25. I say to you, don't worry about your life. Verse 31, don't worry about what you shall eat. Verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow. Three times in this short text, Jesus tells us, do not worry. In the Greek language, this is written in what is known as the present imperative. Which means, and it reads like, don't ever worry. No, not ever. Don't worry. Don't do it. It's a command, not a suggestion. Saints, Christian, kingdom folks, don't worry. Now notice in verse 25. Notice it starts out with the word therefore. And when you see the word therefore, you know, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, when you see the word therefore, you want to find out what it's there for. Very good. And the word therefore refers to the previous verses in verse 19 through 24. Don't have two treasures, don't have double vision, and don't have dual masters. Jesus says, don't have anxiety, don't worry. Jesus is basically saying God is your master and you are his child. And because you are loving God and serving God and your vision's not doubled and you don't have two masters, you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or what you're going to wear. Now, this is a radical teaching in Jesus' day. And it's a radical teaching in our day. Because, as I said, people worry. Some people love to worry. People are worried. All people worry. Rich people worry. You're thinking, now what in the world will rich people worry about? Rich people worry about what they're going to do with their riches. Which is not a bad problem to have. Oh, I'm sorry. Rich people worry about losing their riches. Or rich people worry about gaining more riches. Poor people worry. Poor people worry about how they're going to get riches and how they're going to get money and how they're going to pay the bills. Educated people worry. Uneducated people worry. Christians worry. Non-Christians worry. Young people, elderly people worry. Baby boomers worry. Black people, white people, all nations of people worry. But notice what Jesus says. He says, everyone who is interested in kingdom living, don't worry. And notice specifically, Jesus says, don't worry about your food. Now, for some of us, we have a hard time with this one. Because we live in a culture, we're surrounded by food. As a matter of fact, if you're meeting For the youth detention ministry today, I I forgot to tell you, lunch will be provided. That's what they told me to tell you. Lunch will be provided. We're surrounded by food. You know, here at Calvary Chapel, I told you, come join us for food, folks, and fun at the baptism. I mean, we're always surrounded by food. You know, our church name is is Calvary Chapel, and and we've affectionately been called Calorie Chapel. (laughs) Because we're always doing something around food. Our culture is surrounded by food. Have you taken the time lately to, to look at how many magazines on the shelf in the supermarket on food? 
Have you done that lately? At the newsstand, it's a magazine rack. At, 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 they got magazine, our culture is magazine crazy. Everybody has a magazine. It's like aisles and aisles of magazines. You can't even find the peanut butter anymore. It's just like so much magazines. And have you seen how many are on food? I mean, all kinds of magazines, cooking with pleasure, eating with pleasure, gaining weight with sadness. <laughs> magazines on food. We are a society of eaters. We live to eat instead of eating to live. We're a society of food. Jesus says, don't worry about what you will eat and don't worry about what you will drink. Checked out the magazines on wine nowadays. Tons of magazines on what you will dedicate it to what we drink. Fine wine. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.